This podcast is provided for general information only and assumes a certain level of knowledge of financial markets. It is not an invitation to make an investment and should not be construed as advice. The views in this podcast are those of the contributors at the time of publication and do not necessarily reflect those of 91. The value of investments can fall as well as rise and losses may be made. In South Africa, 91 is an authorised financial services provider. With me is Michael Power, investment strategist at 91 in Cape Town. And we're going to talk about all things China. And the motivation for this podcast is that Michael Power moderated a panel of his expert colleagues on all matters China, whether it be tech wars, trade wars, whether it be the recovery in the Chinese economy. But Michael, this went out in a form of a podcast and I heard it was very well received. Yes, it was. I think, obviously, the timing couldn't have been better. So it always helps to talk about something when uh, uh, when the subject is hot and when people like Donald Trump are trying to declare not just trade wars, but tech wars uh, and even capital wars on China at the moment. And what we are now beginning to see is that, you know, it's, as he chases away a lot of, and there's nearly uh, 250 Chinese companies listed on NASDAQ and the New York Stock Exchange, as he chases them away, as I call it, the um, uh, Peking's ducks are coming home to roost this time in the Hong Kong Stock Exchange. Um, uh, It's really creating a whole new dynamic in the global economy. And if you are an investor who is still able to access both pools, i.e. the Western traditional pool that we've always accessed, but also increasingly important uh, uh, eastern pool of, of capital, um, then I think this is the time that we need to know and understand what we're getting into. Yes, I think we do. I don't think Mr. Trump, I, I don't want to get political here. And these views, if I mention Mr. Trump or any politics, it's not the views of 91. But I, I do think that he's treading on dangerous ground at the moment. Hong Kong, obviously, the Hong Kong issue came up during your discussions with your colleagues. Yeah, no, of course it did. And and I think what's happening at the moment is that China realizes that uh, having grown to dominate global trade uh, in the way that it was constituted, and I do think that we can talk about that in a minute, that we're going to see a, what I call a reorientation, pun intended, uh, of globalization towards the East. Um, but that's just in trade. We're also going to have to see it take place in tech and indeed in capital. And what we're going to see is, as we are seeing with tech to rival setups, an Eastern and a Western. So we're going to see two rival setups with regards to capital, one broadly centered on the triumvirate of Hong Kong, Shenzhen, Shanghai, and the other on the New York Stock Exchange, NASDAQ, and various other uh, players feeding into it. Um, But we are seeing uh, this division emerging. And I think one of the great games of the next uh, 10 years is going to be those people who can position themselves in some sort of neutral ground in the middle and play both, both ends to that middle. Yes, in other words, be diplomatic. Uh, let's talk about tech now, because Huawei, of course, is the one issue that has been targeted not only by the United States of America's administration, but also by Boris Johnson, because he has now, or his government has now excluded Huawei from the 5G process in, in the UK. Whether he's kowtowing to other powers, I don't know, or whether there's intelligence that says that he should be doing what he's done. What do you think? Um, I, if I, reading my Spectator has anything to do with it, it's because there's been a backbench revolt amongst the, in the Conservative Party amongst a certain group of MPs that basically tell him, you better do it or we're not going to support you any longer. 
Uh, so he's uh, kowtowing to a, actually probably a little Englander uh, mentality that still exists within the Conservative Party. So the politicization of trade and exchange of technology, which is, I, I find, obviously it's gone on for centuries, but I find it quite sad. Profoundly sad. And, and I think obviously, um, you know, very much like, uh, to take it back, you know, a few hundred years, when the Emperor of China banned uh, basically any Western influences in his, his court, including um, clocks, because uh, he determined what the time of day was, not some mechanical instrument. Mm -hmm. That sounds like somebody who's in denial of science. And that theme is, of course, um, one we know about all too well today. Um, now it's happening in the other, other respects, because so much of the science um, that's coming through uh, at the moment is that uh, is coming through not from the West, but from the East. I see of the 13 vaccines that are currently in stage three human trials, six of them are Chinese, six out of 13. Yes, that's another story. We'll talk about the Chinese approach to COVID-19 coronavirus later on. We've talked about tech. What about trade? Because the trade wars, of course, again, are going to be politicized by the Trump administration as November the 3rd approaches. But where are we now? Because it's, it's, taken, it's playing second fiddle to other, other matters. Look, I think what is now being realized, and to some extent Mike Pompeo highlighted it in a speech at the um, General Ford Memorial Library, um, is that you know China uh, enlisted a very powerful ally in the process by which they basically uh, stole the productive capability of the world, and that productive ally, uh, that ally was uh, Western multinationals. So you have the likes of Apple making all their stuff in China, uh, spreading it all over the world, usually doing it through very clever um, tax structures based in the likes of Ireland. Um, and uh, and the result is managing to skim off huge amounts of profit. Uh, don't have to make any of the stuff in your own country, um, and that's how it becomes. Um, and th those uh, we're now realizing. I think Mike Pompeo realizes that that um, the U.S. multinationals, and not just the U.S. multinationals, multinationals everywhere, have not been the greatest allies uh, of the West. If what you're talking about is trying to hang on to your manufacturing capabilities. Um, China's exploited that very, very well. And it's now, you know, that particular set of chickens are coming home to roost. Data from China in the last couple of weeks. It's almost like green shoots. It's a phrase that is well-worn, but it is particularly pertinent at the moment. There are green shoots in China. Do you believe it, first of all? And if you do believe it, is it going to continue? Yes, uh, I do believe it. I don't think it's going to be uh, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, fantastic. But I do think they're going to recover and reasonably smartly. Um, probably uh, uh, back up to a trend GDP growth rate of around somewhere between 5 and 6%. Um, obviously, the numbers will be um, a little strange in the next few quarters because we're in, in the sort of bounce-back mode. But yes, I think China will go back to, to growing at uh, above Western trend by 2 or 3%. Um, and a lot of the growth moving forward is going to be generated from within. And that is because uh, Chinese multinationals themselves are discovering the world's greatest emerging market, and it's called China PRC. Mm. Um, and so you know, the Chinese companies are now starting to sell to Chinese people, whereas before, obviously, they were broadly selling to others. There was that wonderful saying back in you know, around 2001, which came out of a manufacturing plant somewhere in Shenzhen, is that uh, some worker was heard to say, we make TVs and Americans watch them. Well, the fact yeah. of the matter is now is that um, we make TVs and we watch them too. 
Yeah, so they're not going to become self-sufficient and and put a ring fence around themselves. But if they had to, in some ghastly future world, then they they could do to a certain extent. In other words, they are starting to say to themselves, well, if Mr. Trump and other countries are going to be beastly to us, we'll just show them that we can internalize our economic growth. Uh, That's exactly right. I think the West is going to find it extraordinarily difficult to... Uh, break its uh, addiction to much cheaper and often better uh, Chinese product. And I say better Chinese product with an extraordinary incident that took place in the last year that uh, was brought to my attention recently, and that was the uh, the fire at the Notre Dame in, in Paris. Uh, it was two Chinese drones that essentially prevented the whole thing from being burned down because they were had this extraordinary heat-resistant skin, and they flew by intra infrared guided uh, sort of system uh, and they were able with their cameras to find out where the hottest parts of the fire were and so directly Paris Fire Department uh, to those hottest parts and by putting those hottest parts out first they managed to save you know a very good part of the Notre Dame and it was Chinese drones that did that so you know the, the point I'm making here at a much larger level is that the, the, the Chinese are not it's simply in the produce uh, in the system or the, uh, the game of producing cheap T-shirts, they've gone far, far, far beyond that. And uh, as you may well know, you know, you look at the Huawei Mate Pro 30, and in terms of its capabilities, uh, it's probably significantly ahead of anything that Apple produces. I mean, first of all, it's 5G capable, which nothing Apple produces is yet, um, but it goes far deeper and, uh, and broader than that. The only problem with uh, uh, China at the moment is that the hardware is great, but the software might not be as good. And here I mean that the the library of apps that you can uh, draw upon to add to your uh, Huawei Mate Pro 30 um, isn't necessarily going to be as extensive as as you can if you wanted to add it to your Apple iPhone. Do you have a Huawei? Um, and that's uh, I don't um, precisely because of that reason. Were it not for the fact that um, uh, I couldn't access uh, certain apps which uh, I need to be able to access, I would. Um, I have you know, a top-of-the-range Samsung, uh, uh, and uh, that gives me, in a strange sort of way, the best, best of both worlds. Any negatives from the podcast or the moderation session or the session that you moderated, rather? Any negatives yeah, on, think, on China? Well, politics generally, and, and that is, you know, it's not something you can wish away. Um, it's not going to be easy even for China to completely offset um, the, the blowback that they're now experiencing. Um, and so it's 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 not ideal, um, and uh, it potentially will cause uh, some hardship within China if jobs get lost, for instance, uh, as a result of not being able to to sell product into the West. Um, so I think there is going to be um, uh, some blowback, but I do think that you know the Chinese are are, are doing their best to to overcome this. We are seeing uh, the consumer returning, uh, not spectacularly but solidly uh, in areas like for instance um, real estate we broadly speaking seen uh, we're back to where we were this time last year um, not quite yet in car sales um, and uh, so I think it's going to be interesting to see how that p- 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 pans out I mean I also think it's going to be interesting to see how for instance whether uh, if the if the Americans continue pursuing their anti-china approach I think Chinese consumer are going to start an anti-american boycott mm. And then you're going to see Apple and Tesla um, uh, really suffer uh, and a whole host of other American companies who are still trying to sell their product into China. Did you apply your discussion at the end to uh, where to invest in China or was that inappropriate? 
No, I think I think that uh, our team uh, uh, very much uh, identifies sort of four broad areas within the the Chinese market. Um, we might call it old China, which includes most commodity like products. Uh, then there's the consumer space, and then, then there's those uh, producers of product that that are sold internationally, and finally there's there's the tech space. And I think their favourites would be uh, first equal the consumer in the tech space, then those that and sell the product internationally, and last, the areas that um, are old China and stroke commodity-like. Michael, thank you very much for your time. That's Michael Power, investment strategist at 91.